everyone. Welcome to the Buyer-Centric Revenue Model Podcast. This is going to be a mishmash of audio content, LinkedIn content, guest podcasts, interviews, debates, and live Q&A. We'll primarily discuss six topics that reflect the Buyer-Centric Revenue Model. One, sales development versus marketing. Two, the sales assembly line or the AE-CSM split in other subdivisions versus full sales or full sales cycle sales, aka AE-CSM combined, no handoffs, no prospecting. Three, quota versus holistic goals and metrics. Four, commission versus full salary plus bonus. Five, sales versus the option of self-service to the extent desired and possible. Six, the predictable revenue model versus the buyer-centric revenue model. If you haven't already, I highly demand that you sign up for the buyer-centric revenue model community to continue the discussion and help implement the model. Join the movement of forward-thinking peers liberating and modernizing B2B marketing and sales. Achieve a better growth playbook, a competitive advantage, and more productive and fulfilling careers. Enjoy insights, data, best practices, resources, and jobs. Plus, the live Q&A on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Head over to buyercentricrevenue.com to sign up. If you want to learn more about the model and these topics, check out my book, The Death of the SDR and the Birth of the Buyer-Centric Revenue Model. It's available on Amazon in ebook, paperback, and audiobook. And now to this episode. So in today's video, I want to talk about why I think that marketing has and will continue to be the vanguard of change in B2B, liberating B2B to modernize and adopt the buyer-centric revenue model and sunset the old and harmful practices that I criticize and the predictable revenue model and why sales is largely fighting a rear guard action against progress. Fundamentally, it's because B2B companies are now marketing-led, not sales-led. Because marketing now has the ability, where it didn't have in the pre-internet era, to influence most of the buyer's decision to purchase, to give buyers all the information that they need, or most of the information that they need without having to speak to sales, or without having to speak to sales as much, or not until much later in their journey, or not at all in the case of self-service. You know, just marketing has so much ability nowadays that it didn't have before. That means that marketing is influencing most, if not all the buyer's decision to purchase is the key growth driver, is the key to predictable revenue and pipeline. It's not to say that, that sales is unnecessary. It's just the role and the influence they play is greatly reduced and marketing is at the forefront. So marketing has a bigger seat at the table and marketing has a huge vested interest in sunsetting prospecting sales development because prospecting is a marketing activity to generate and qualify leads for sales and it's spam. And marketing can do all this proper non-spam marketing that is immeasurably su- superior in terms of ROI and profitability and every marketing metric and cost per acquisition and sales cycle and win rate. You know, you look at all the harmful effects that prospecting has on buyers, on marketing, on sales. And then you look at marketing today that have been the loudest voices and are taking action against prospecting and sales development. You've got people like Chris Walker at Refine Labs leading a movement to modernize marketers and liberate them and liberate them from sales development, although they 
focus on the effects of sales development, like marketing, having to do gated content to generate contact information of uninterested buyers. So sales development can go annoy them with spam or having to, you know, and, and being on this MQL hamster wheel and do this, con- you know, having marketing do this constantly in large quantities because the conversion rates are obviously so low or having to prioritize that contact information for SDRs with lead intent and lead scoring based on a buyer's engagement with marketing's efforts. Or if you look at, in the book, I provide examples of companies who have run the experiments that I propose or, or, or something similar and basically gradually sunset sales development in favor of marketing or the impact that doing proper marketing had at those companies. And you'll see that they were basically led by marketers, whether that was Timothy Kwa at SalesWell, who basically sunset sales development in favor of marketing. And then there's Alice DeCourcy, the CMO at Cognizant, who basically liberated marketing from having to provide contact information to sales development and instead generate website demo requests. Or Trinity at User Gems, who is the head of marketing at User Gems, or Niz, and she built a great marketing engine that catapulted this small, tiny startup in a brand new market, facing a huge uphill battle and against entrenched competitors to you know, 4x revenue growth and raise money and decrease the sales cycle and increase the win rate, build, build a great brand through proper marketing and no sales development. Or Chris Walker, when he was at Vapotherm, the medical device company, before he went on to, to found Refine Labs, where he was like the first real marketer on the team. And there was like 40 sellers doing prospecting and he saw how fruitless and miserable it was, you know, how bad the sales cycles and win rates were. And then he comes along and does modern marketing. And this one man band like drastically reduces the sales cycle, increases the win rate, brings in a whole lot of revenue, decreases the customer acquisition costs. Yeah. It's, it's markers now who ha- who can flex their muscles because that's what buyers want. They want, proper marketing that will drive the profits and growth of a company. So marketers can step up to the plate, run the experiments I propose in the book to, you know, compare sales development to marketing, to automate website demo requests and qualification, to reduce prospecting activities and quota and and repurpose that excess sales development capacity into marketing, gradually reducing sales development and liberating marketing and sales development from sales development. And that's a huge career success for a marketer. I mean, you get to liberate yourself, you get to liberate your team, you get to liberate sales development, you get to further your own career because you've just, you know, launched this company's uh, growth and have a huge competitive advantage. Like I'm sure Alice has enjoyed and Trinity has enjoyed and Chris had enjoyed and he went on to go launch Refine Labs and Timothy Quad sales. Well, it's a great opportunity for top marketers to seize the reins and launch their career. There's a lot of top marketers who are lamenting the status quo in the old way. Here you have a chance to go and do something and have a model and an experimental framework to go and actually take action to explain the problems, to explain the solution and how to get from A to B. You know, it took a book, right? And a model, the predictive revenue model and, and the predictive revenue model book to kind of put us in the straitjacket. It might take a book and a new model to take us out. I highly encourage marketers to step up to the plate because prospecting and sales development isn't a sales problem. It's a marketing problem. It's a marketing thing. And it's the 
source of the issues and the symptoms that you're, that you're railing against. And so unless you fix the problem, you'll never fix the symptoms of the problem, like gated content, lead scoring, lead intent, manual demo request, qualification, scheduling, all that stuff. This isn't to say that sales is completely fighting a rear guard action. It's just, they unfortunately mostly are, but there are younger, more modern sales leaders like Carl Ferreira at, at uh, Refine Labs or Sahil Mansuri at Bravado who are stepping up to the plate. But I just think that marketing is well positioned to do that more so than sales, especially since again, 50% of sales development teams report into marketing that will give, you know, those companies where that's the case where marketing controls sales development, that's a huge advantage for marketers looking to implement the buyer centric revenue model and sunset sales development. So I hope this was, um, you know, useful and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Buyer centric revenue model over and out.